Welcome back, pool fans from across the country and around the world. You're listening to American Billiard Radio. Today is March 19th, 2015, and my name is Mr. Bond. I'll be your host once again for this week, and we have another great show for you. Happy spring to you, by the way. It's, uh, I believe tomorrow is uh, the beginning of uh, the official season. And, uh, boy, we're happy. I don't know about the rest of you, but way up north, we're happy to see a break in the weather. So it's a good thing. The show, um, what's going on this week? Well, you know, Moscone Moscone Cup is always an an interesting topic. And uh, just thought I'd pass on some information to you. In case you didn't find out already, this year's Moscone Cup competition is back in the United States, in Las Vegas. And they have uh, just announced, Matchroom has just announced that uh, the venue will be the new Tropicana, Las Vegas. Apparently, they have just uh, refurbished, spent a couple hundred million dollars on it. So, uh, if you're interested in going, which you should be, because they need the support, go ahead and look into getting your reservations early, because I'm guessing that they're probably going to book up pretty quick, like for the December the 7th is when the Moscone Cup will uh launch for this year so there you go on that the ticket information will be forthcoming so we'll let you know as soon as we hear something about that uh also on tonight's show we're going to be hearing from jennifer beretta she was just uh, chosen to represent to be one of the representatives in the queen's cup competition this year that'll be held on april 16th through the 18th in manila in the philippines uh in this event It's a, um, it's the East versus the West, I guess, more or less. You've got uh, an Asian contingency versus the uh, Western contingency, which is uh, um, Europe and America. So it'll be really interesting to see how that turns out. Uh, We're going to talk to Jennifer about that and uh, see how she feels about it. You know, it should be a great, great opportunity, no matter how you slice it. Going to be some good pool going on. And I encourage you all uh, to check into that. And, of course, the U.S. Open. You know, we had some doubts about whether or not the event was going to continue, as it were. This will be the 40th year for the U.S. Open nine ball. And so we're talking with Barry Berman about uh, the new conditions under which it will operate this year. Um, I hope... If I'm saying this correctly, I hope that the uh, the WPA uh, is partially re- is partially responsible for this development. And if they are, it's a good thing. Um, it looks as though Barry was required to keep the prize money uh, in an escrow account so that there wouldn't be any uh, issues per se with uh, payouts at the end of it all. So uh, there has been arrangements have been made with uh, Pat Fleming of AccuStats Video Productions. Pat will be in charge of the fundage as it comes and as it goes from the event. So we're going to talk to Barry a little bit more about that. So stick around. Uh, But first, I want you to open up your ears and get a big old dose of the One Minute Pool Instructor.
Hi, I'm Scott Lee. And Randy G. And this is the One Minute Pool Instructor. So what do we got going today, Scott? Well, today we're going to talk about one of those mysteries out there. Probably A mystery? The number one mistake people make. It oh. involves how they hold on to the cue stick. You mean you're talking about the grip? Or, well, some people call it poor, the grip. Poorly named, right? Yeah, we, so, we like to use uh, cradle uh, because cradle implies loose grip implies strength yeah yeah muscle right and the tighter you hold your cue the less accurate you're gonna be and the less action you're gonna get on the cue ball yeah I think uh, what 60 years ago Moscone wrote in his book in 1948 uh, his quote is the tighter you hold your cue deadens the action of the cue ball right imagine that and it's still true to this day still physics true. is hard to beat Scott it is people try to beat it all the time and we see uh, there's, of course, all manner of ways of holding on to a cue stick. There isn't just one way. Uh, it doesn't really matter which way you use. It does matter that you keep the tension on that cue relaxed and the same from the start of the backswing to the completion of the forward stroke, or right, what so, we call the so finish. Let me be a devil's advocate here. Okay. I've got a tight grip. Are you telling me I can't pocket a ball? Nope. I'm not telling you you can't pocket a ball, and I'm not telling you you can't move the cue ball around the table. Well, okay, so what's wrong with a tight grip then? Well, there's, there's nothing right or wrong about that. It's a matter of repeatability. It's a matter of accuracy. It's a matter of ease of execution. Uh, the, the real fundamental difference between good players and great players is how the transition happens from the end of the backswing to the forward stroke through the cue. So if you have a beautiful transition, Jerry Bryseth used to call it a beautiful throwing, throwing motion. motion. Yes. Uh, we, Thanks, we like Jerry. to think about it as a transition of energy uh, from a piece of wood to a piece of plastic. But no matter how you do it, if you can do it smoothly with a relaxed movement, doesn't matter if it's slow speed or high speed, you're going to get a lot better uh, accuracy on the ball and a lot better predictable result. We do a little experiment in school. Um, when a person is arguing over a tight grip or a loose cradle or whatever, uh, I'll set up the same shot and have him draw the ball three times with a tight grip. And Ironically, <laughs> yeah, he doesn't get the same result each time because he's getting a different transfer of energy each time. And actually, he might even miscue one of those times. Sure. Yet, when you take a, a loose cradle, as we call it, what happens? Oh, boy, their eyes just light up. Uh, we just had a student today who we, we taught him how to hit that ball three tips low and let the cue do the work and he started drawing the ball like gangbusters. What was he doing before? Well, he was not uh, finishing a swing and he was tightening up uh, his grip on the way to hit the ball or as he hit the ball. You know, Scott, that's a real common fault that we see every day. So, uh, the difference between a cradle and a grip? Cradle is relaxed. And a grip is tight. A grip is tight. And grip is non-repeatable. And a lot of people think they're holding the cue loosely when they're not. All right, Scott. Well, I guess that's uh, quite a bit of information about the cradle versus a grip, Andy. Yeah, and like I said, it's the number one fault I see in our students. So for the One Minute Pool Instructor, I'm Scott Lee. Randy G. And we'll be back next week to talk about breathing. Breathing? Yep. All right. See you then.
Hello, everyone, and welcome to Pool on the Grind here on AmericanBilliardRadio.com. I'm your host, Allison Fisher of NYT Grind, and I am very happy to introduce my guest for the week, Jennifer Beretta. How are you doing, Jen? I'm doing well, thanks. Thanks a lot for joining us. So this week, I know one of the big things happening in uh, in your world is you're going to be traveling to Manila soon for the upcoming Queen's Cup. Yeah, this will be my third time in Manila, but my first time uh, representing a U.S. team. So talk about how you got uh, invited to join the Queen's Cup. For those who aren't familiar with it, it's going to be a team based of North American and European members versus a team of Asian members. So it's going to be an East versus West battle, similar to the Moscone Cup style of competition. Right. Um, And it is going to be uh, 10 ball, which is great. I feel like that is my best game. Um, And I know they had it two years ago, and I just barely missed the cut. Uh, It was not so much based on ranking as it was on team dynamics and uh, other things. But um, this year I was invited, and um, I know that they wanted a new range of players. They wanted to see some new faces, and luckily I was one of them. Yeah, and I think it's really uh, an exciting thing for women's pool too that you're seeing you know your, yourself and the other pros in a, a different format and collaborating and engaging with each other. And what do you feel about that aspect of it? Um it's interesting to have the people that I normally compete against um as my teammates and now I'll be working with them. Um, and I think that's going to, I think a big part of any team sport is obviously chemistry. And I don't know who the rest of my team is yet, but I'm hoping that we have good chemistry. Yeah, you've been the first player announced to the Team West, and so you don't even yet know who the other players are going to be. Well, I guess I shouldn't say you that probably, I don't know. I do right. know. <laughs> right, of course, we're no, not allowed to talk yeah. about it, but you do, you <laughs> yeah. do know. Okay, cool. Uh, well, that's really exciting, and I like what they've been doing with announcing each player individually. They did just announce, uh, they've so far announced two of the Asian players. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it will be, actually, I think, Jennifer Chen was just announced, and we just published a story about that on NYC Grind from Big mm-hmm. Promotions. And then uh, a young player from Korea, uh, Yunji Park. Yes. Mm-hmm. So now tell me a little bit about what you've experienced previously in Manila. How how is that? How is that for you competing there in that environment? Well, the last two times I was in Manila, it was for the uh, women's 10-ball event. And um, first of all, the pool fans in Manila are extremely knowledgeable. So whenever you play in front of fans that really know the game, it makes, as a player, it makes it so much more 
rewarding when they recognize a good shot. Because a lot of times in the States, people only recognize good shots as pocketing a ball. But over there, they recognize a great kick and they recognize a great safe. And, you know, stuff like that is rarely applauded or rewarded here in the U.S. Yeah, that's got to be so much more engaging for you to know that they're responding in a much more uh, knowledgeable and empathic way. Yeah, they definitely know their stuff, and you know they they most likely will be rooting hard for Team Asia because I'm sure that they will have a Filipina or two on the team. Mm-hmm. But um, they also want to see good pool. They want to see good competition. So um, it's going to be fun, even though we're probably not going to be the team they're rooting for. Yeah, and that's like, that's an exciting element of it, too, to be on the other side and see what, uh, see what everyone has to offer there in, you know, in comparison to what's, what's happening here where you don't see that level of you know engagement and interaction necessarily and if you do it's on a much you know much smaller scale yeah um and you know in asia anytime i've been to taiwan or been to china or any of those places these players have coaches and they have handlers and they have <laughs> big money sponsors and you know they're they're really invested in the game of pool and it, it just makes it difficult for Americans we do everything on our own we don't have people teaching us unless we find a mentor and we don't have sponsors that really cover our entire trip it's sort of like a labor of love so it should be interesting to see how that works out when we when we match up yeah, I mean, I would imagine that would be almost intimidating for me. I'm sure that's in, you know, a normal part of what what you're used to, but that would be just wow. They're you know they're so much more supported and uh, engaged with their their certain their support system there. Mm-hmm. Well, it would certainly be nice to have something like that here. I think that there's a lot of potential um, among American players, but it just isn't reached because we don't have the same infrastructure in place to create players like they do. I mean, they create players. They take Mm -hmm. young girls, and it becomes part of their school almost, you know, so um, they take it very seriously. Yeah, they can really have uh, any sort of reach to mold them into the you know the players that they become which is really it really sets a standard for the potential that's the that's the really the thing that I see and the thing that's inspiring and I know that you know programs like what Mark Wilson is doing at his uh, collegiate program it's definitely a step in the right direction where they're grooming these players and they recently have the Durban Cup where they're playing these you know, pro, semi-pro caliber players and putting them, you know, putting up, putting them up against them, against these uh, collegiate players who are now nearly going toe to with them. That's, that's yeah. To see that you know, there's steps in the right direction, but it's it's really just uh, I know from my personal experience that was one of the most daunting 
things is that how do you even find you know, go about finding someone to mentor you if you want to get uh, want to get that experience? Yeah, and how do you go about finding someone who really knows? I mean, there are tons of people out there teaching the game, but how many of them really know? Mm-hmm. Not a whole lot. I, I was lucky that I met one, and uh, he mentored me for many, many years. But um, for the up-and-coming players, I actually get – that's the one thing I get asked more than anything else when people send me an email. Um, they want to know how to get better. Mm-hmm. And I always say, you know, the best thing I can say is just get your hands on anything that you can find, books, DVDs. Um, try to find someone in your pool room that you admire the way that they play and, you know, maybe they'll help you and learn from them. It's People want the information. It's just mm-hmm. not really available to them. Yeah, that's one of the really disheartening things is that even people that I talk to on a day-to-day basis would probably really love to learn more about the game, except they don't they don't know where to look and where to get started. Mm-hmm. So that's you know that's one of our objectives with NYC Grind is to try to provide some sort of outreach for those uh, those that are looking for it. Mm-hmm. But you know you can you can still only do uh, do so much. So we uh, you know, we're working hard on that on that initiative for sure. But it's uh, it's nice to see that there are people out there. I think that what we do with pool is much more uh, much more interesting and much more uh, you know has, has a lot of layers to it that people would really appreciate if they had the chance to. Yeah, and oh, and the other interesting thing is, I've been going to Asia for over 10 years now and competing. And the level of play in the last 10 years has just exploded. I mean, it was it was very easy to beat the Asian players 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. They weren't that good. So if we ever did adopt something like that in the United States, it wouldn't take us long to catch up. Yeah, it really is just a matter of putting those uh, those support systems in place and having uh, having options for young um, you know, young up and coming players to tap into that. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I think I leave on April thirteenth, and then I think we compete on the. 16th or something like that and uh, I don't know if it's going to be available in the United States Um, but if it was I would post the link on my Facebook page I don't know yeah I think in the previous one which was must have been late 2013 I don't think it was available to watch in the US and I don't think there was a live stream so I hope they're able to change that because I know that there's a ton of people that would love to see it and that this has been something that's been talked about for so long that you know, they want to see a women's version of the Moscone Cup. So Yeah, and this is about the closest this is about the closest uh anyone's gotten to doing something like the Moscone Cup. Yeah. Obviously it's not um gonna be televised in the way that Moscone is, but 
I'm sure it will be in the Philippines. Yeah, it's uh, it's interesting that they don't really seem to offer as many uh, events for women. Uh, you know, speaking of matrimony, I've noticed that that their you know, their events are geared towards uh, towards men predominantly. Yeah, I've always thought that Moscone should just add a woman to each team. Um, that would that would kind of cover the bases, you know, and and show right. everybody, you know, the very best woman, whoever is, you know, number one, mm-hmm. and uh, and the very best men. I would definitely agree. I have also uh, I've also thought the same thing to ha- have one female player on each team to really bring another element, uh, and of course, who wouldn't want to see that? I think that would I be awesome. I certainly would want to see it. Definitely. And I think that a lot of, uh, like, the very top women are really closing the gap on the level of play as to the to the very top men. I mean, really I don't think are. they're there yet, but the gap has closed significantly. Yeah, most definitely. You see players, of course, uh, Karen Core, Jasmine, are two big Kelly examples. Kelly Fisher, yeah. yeah. Kelly mm-hmm. Fisher, absolutely. And it's it's really uh just a matter of time before there you know there are more more of a level it is more of a level playing field so it's it really has increased greatly in participation for him and I truly believe that that's that, that is the case yeah um well maybe somebody's listening and they'll <laughs> Try to implement that next time. <laughs> <laughs> I would love to see it. I would love to see that happen. So, who knows? Yeah. Well, what what events do you have coming up after the Queen's Cup? Anything else on the horizon? Um, there is uh, a TV show that I am a part of. Um, I'm filming it now. I can't really get specific about it, but um reality show and it's it's a very big project. It's going to be available for probably just about anyone in the world to see. Um, but that's something we'll have to discuss more in the future. Sure. I know um, a lot of people have been talking about it here in New York. So uh, everyone's waiting with bated breath to find out all the details. And so we're excited about that so we'll definitely look forward to talking about that in the future yep and now in terms of WPV events I had heard that there are more on the horizon for 2015 are there any any details that have come forward with that or 2015 excuse me there is nothing um, that is definite on the calendar but there are uh, contracts out, from what I understand, that could definitely turn into events, which would be really nice <laughs> to not yes, have definitely. to fly halfway around the world to compete. <laughs> well, we will be hopeful for that, and I know that, uh, that everyone out there on the tour and everyone who plays on the regional tours hopes to see things uh, things progress in that area. Mm-hmm. Well, Jen, I really appreciate you joining us this week, and it's very exciting that you get to 
to fly over to Manila, and I wish you the best of luck with your trip. Thank you. All right, everybody, thanks for joining us for this week, and thanks again, Jennifer, for joining us, and we will talk to you all again very soon. Thanks again for American Billiard Radio. I'm Allison Fisher, signing off. Welcome back to American Billiard Radio. This is the Legends and Champions Report, brought to you by Neil's Garage Cabinets of Mesa, Arizona. I'm your host, Mark Cantrell, and today we are doing another edition of what I'm going to start calling the Barry Show from no, now no, on. No, no, uh, This is a short version, very short. <laughs> this is a short version of the Barry Berman Show, then. Uh, yeah. There's been a lot to talk about. Uh, press release came out from at Pat Fleming and uh, Jim there at Accustat, and they're going to be taking over the funding and escrow for the 40th U.S. Open. And hallelujah, so we, hallelujah, hallelujah. We've got our friend Barry Berman on the phone, and uh, I've just got a few simple questions. Maybe they're simple, maybe they're not. Um, and, and let's see where we can go with this. I'm going to make sure they, they end up being simple. Go right ahead, Mark. First question is the obvious one. What, I, I guess we can all answer it in our own minds, but let's hear it from the horse's mouth. What led you to getting Equistats involved? How did this all evolve? Well, you know, people can say many things about me and... Uh, the good, the bad, and the ugly. But nobody on the planet could ever say that I'm a quitter. Nobody. Okay? So um, that's been in my blood since wrestling in high school. Winners never quit and quitters never win. I was extremely close to taking a year hiatus and prolonging the 40th anniversary. But because I've been built this way for over 50 years of my life, of my 69 years, um, I, I could not live with myself by doing that uh, for a lot of reasons. So um, I know that my reputation has been damaged. I am not naive. I know there's a lot of people that do not care for me, and I understand. You know, um we all make mistakes in life, but again, you know, um, when you have several hurricanes, 9-11s, other reasons, many other reasons, you know, and I do this for the love of the sport, certainly not for the financial rewards, it really saddens me to be uh, ridiculed, slammed, um, called a piece of, you know what, when no, people don't know what it takes to put on an event of this nature. So, you know, say what you want about me, uh, and th that'll be a lot, Mark, but uh, no one can say I threw in the towel, ever. So, so with that being said, I called Pat, and I said, Pat, 
I um, I'm, I'm contemplating uh, taking a year off. I'm I'm, I'm beat. Uh, I, I'm, I I don't feel like it this year, and I know that Pat, uh, uh, the U.S. Open is a big part of his bread and butter every year because of ESPN Star and Fox in Asia, and this will be our thirty third year together. Mark and Pat and I are extremely close. So he was the most logical person to ask for this, for he to be in charge of the added money, which has already been worked out, um, and as well as entry fees that will go, everything going directly, uh, VIP seats, added money entrance fees will all go into Pat Fleming's Bank of America special account, uh, 100% of it, 100% of it. And the arrangements have already been made. Uh, My credibility, um, I have to be honest with myself, uh, it's not so good. But it's never been on purpose, never been on purpose. And I regret many, many, many downfalls. But again, Mark, how many promoters do you know? I don't care if it's a, a weekly tournament at at a bar that has gone on for forty years without missing one. I, I mean, if if there are some uh, way to go, but I I don't know if there is. So, well, there's know. not that many. There's not that many out there. Um, so Pat said he'd. Uh, you spoke to Pat and said, hey, "I'm paraphrasing here. I don't want to talk for you, but basically, you said, will you handle escrowing the money?'" And uh, was was that partially based on one of the questions I've uh, received is, was the WPA sanctioning based on? having a solid plan for making sure the payments were made on time. Well, not only that, I, um, I, I we had to make sure that this year, as years passed, was a Tier 2 points event with 75000 added money to qualify for a Tier 2 points event. And that's why we had 26 of the top 32 players in the world here last year. Wow. Unbelievable. So, um, um, of course, I wanted that to continue. And um, uh, so I, I had to figure out a way how to to, to do this without a blemish. And And I did a lot of work to accomplish this goal. And uh, Pat uh, is very, very confident, uh, very, very sure. And we've been together 33 years with one, one little argument out of 33 years. So, you know, Pat, Pat is a blessing. Pat has been a blessing for, you know, uh, besides myself, everybody who participates, uh, watch, vendors, 
sponsors, as Jay Helford, my cousin, said, Pat saved the U.S. Open, and I had to make sure that the Savior, sorry to say, it's not Moses or Jesus, it's Pat Fleming, who saved my U.S. Open and the 40th anniversary. God bless Pat Fleming. Yeah, well, people seem like they're uh, they're real happy that that's the way you're gonna go with things. Um, you know, I've never heard anybody really say. I, I can't say I've heard anybody say anything bad about Pat. Uh, I, I think he's just well respected and everything else. So, one hundred percent, Mark, the most logical person that I would call to ask to join at the hip um, with with the U.S. Open, and uh, he is the number one pick, uh, of course, because of our terrific relationship. We need each other. Poole needs the U.S. Open for many reasons, and um, I have made... Uh, too many mistakes trying to do more, you know, more than I could have. Well, you, part of that, you might be doing that again this year, Barry. And, and well, this is and, just me. You know, I always, I always ask you the tough questions. You know that, right? No. You know, no, I, I always, I, I never hide anything from you. Go right but, ahead. Well, I, oh, I was going to get to this later on, but last year you added fifty thousand, correct? Uh, what did you say? I added how much? 50, was it last year? No, no. I, we were tier, tier two. Uh, it was over 70,000. You have, in that, right in that neighborhood, you have to be, um, in order to be considered tier two points so federations can afford to send players, high quality players, uh, to participate because it is a points event, tier two. And you have to add a certain amount of money. Okay, well, how much was added last year? Um, you know, I believe it was right around, it was where it needed to be for Tier 2. It's right around 70 was added, but it's, it, is, it is really has to be 75000 Okay, so all right, okay, I'm mistaken now, I'm mistaken. But then I, I take that back because I thought last year yeah, it was fifty thousand added. Oh no, no, no! And I was no. I was going to ask why? Why do you think if you can all of a sudden do seventy five thousand added? So wipe well, that off the just table. Like I apologize. This. Just put it like this, uh, Mark. Uh, put it like this. Um, I have more support financially than ever before, and. That's all I want to say about that. Okay. And to, and to have the seventy five thousand, uh, well, but way before the ninety day period is a no brainer that has already been structured to do so, and okay. uh, that's a blessing. But still, with that in mind, I realize. My reputation is tarnished. Uh, so, you know, I, I want to fix that. And this is the beginning of how you fix it. 
And honestly, uh, this may be a trend for Pat and I for many more years ahead, uh, and that would be fine with me, uh, completely fine with me. I, I just want to be able to run my show and run it to the best of my ability, which was a nightmare last year with the seating. And I apologize very much for, um, you know, not just the VIP seats, but everybody. Uh, This year's floor plan is uh, really fascinating where there is. We learned a lot from the last couple of years. Uh, uh, You'll see the floor plan is for 800 people of which 300 are VIPs, and the height of the rows are way higher than, uh, much higher so people can view the entire room. So where the two rows, three rows that extend out to the TV table are going to be lower, and the first, second, third, and fourth long rows are going to be higher. So this is this year, just to make sure, because it was something I was going to ask you. A couple of people have said the VIP seating area is a little bit chaotic sometimes. There's not enough room for everybody and things like that. All that can be fixed. Well, let me just say this. I was in 7,000 square feet the last two years, and I'm in over 14,000 square feet now. Okay. So, uh, yeah. Uh, uh, my architect and I have been working diligently, and even last night until late, uh, the floor plan, uh, which we will have out very soon, um, uh, uh, most likely the beginning of the week, uh, uh, is uh, people and explained properly where people understand that there won't be an issue. I don't think for a minute that um, I enjoyed removing the top row on both sides. Lord have mercy. But, I, 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 you know, damn if I do and damn if I don't. Um, and it was just the size, the width, and the length of the room, particularly the width. So this ballroom is 30 feet wider, and... 20 feet, uh, 30, no, 40 feet longer. It's 85 by 160. So we can uh, move all the seats back further and enable people to view the entire ballroom and every table this way by lowering the first row of that goes out in, on both sides of the TV table will be ground zero. It'll be on ground level. And then the second row, 16 inches, and the third and final row, 32 inches. With that being said, now both long rows, there's four rows. The first platform is 56 inches high. Uh, There will be no obstructions. Uh, We've made major changes for that purpose, by lowering the uh, three rows going out into the uh, pit, as we call it, 
um, and raising the long rows, um, and each one 16 inches above the other, there will not be an issue this year. None. Okay, that's good enough on the VIP. Wait, wait, wait. And any VIP ticket holder that uh, uh, doesn't uh, that when that uh, when they sh- um, you know after they pay and they come and they don't like, oh, I'll be glad to give them their money back because I know I'm not going to have to give anybody their money back. But if they do want it back, uh, I, I'll I'll be glad to. But there's not going to be a reason. We are very confident of that, and I humbly apologize to my loyal VIP ticket holders who many were extremely upset, and I don't blame them. I don't blame them. I'm sorry. I'm going to move on to, um, well, I guess back to AccuStats a little bit. Um, From what I can understand is, and I think from what other people can understand at this point, AccuStats will be taken every uh, entry fee themselves. AccuStats are the only way that you can pay. You can't pay through Barry Burn. You can't pay no, through no. It's Q-Masters. It's set up with, um, with uh, TicketFly. Um, Pat opened up uh, an account in Bloomingdale, New Jersey, Bank of America. Right okay. across the street from the Sheraton, one block is Bank of America. Okay. So let me let me get to my let me get to my point, Barry. The, right. po- the point is, we AccuStats are the only ones who co- are collecting entry fees from the players, one way or another, whether it be through the ticket file, uh, directly through AccuStats, and that's their responsibility. One part. Second part is the other responsibility is to before July twenty third get seventy five thousand dollars from you. What, what, however, that comes to them, I, I believe from what I can gather, they don't care how you get that money, whether it's out of your pocket from sponsorship or anything And again, Mark, um, it's already been arranged. Uh, people know uh, outside the billiard industry. They know the obligations that must be met, and um, I will not put Pat out on the limb. Um, God bless Pat Fleming. So the $75,000 added, as well as all entry fees, will go directly into Pat's account, Uh, not not to me at all. We will not accept VIP seat money. We will not accept player entry fee money. We will not accept sponsorship dollars. When we get to the point where the added money is $75,000, regardless of how, and entry fees as well will go into the pool with the seventy-five. Then um, um, there's other monies that I I must need. Uh, the setup of the arena is twenty thousand dollars to have it set up. So, but my first, of course, priority is to fulfill the obligations that I uh, that that uh, now Pat is involved. I'm not going to. Uh, 
at all tarnish his so, so wonderful reputation. I just ask, Pat, they've taken, the only thing they're getting is the, the 75000 added and the entry fees. So we'll put that to one side. Now, that's the beginning of the equation. Then Pat or Akistats uh, are the only ones signing checks out as well. Yes, uh, yes. Uh, and um, again, I'm the only promoter that I know of with uh, uh, a, um, a high-class event of 128 players uh, that pay 32 spots. Well, uh, Barry's paying 33 through 48, 2,000 back. So, uh, yeah, uh, that, uh, that's a wonderful thing for a lot of players, let's face it, of the uh, caliber of play from last year. There were 40 players that had a legitimate shot to win the U.S. Open, and that's a fact. And, you know, you catch a gear, you win. So it happens. It just happens. It happened with John Schmidt. happened with Tommy Kennedy. It happened uh, for many people that caught a gear. It happened to Buddy Hall in 98 when Buddy uh, was not in the best health. Boy, he really played some awesome pool to uh, get to the finals. And I remember... Uh, the, after he won that match uh, uh, the night before the finals, some friends had to help him get to his hotel room across the street. And then the next day, he succumbed to win his second U.S. Open. So it's you catch a gear. Gabe Owen uh, is uh, uh, Jeremy Jones. Uh, there are so many players that are capable of winning the U.S. Open, it's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful thing. What am I on here? Here, can you hear me? Okay, Barry. Yeah, I can now. Okay. Um, the uh, I, I just want to make something clear on on that date that I just I just said the July 23rd date. That's for the added money only. That's not for the players. The players have uh, another date or up until the date, until the field's full to get their money in. So so it's not, the players don't have to send in their entry fee before July 23rd. I just want to make sure I make that clear. No, no, they do not. They, They do not, but when they do, it will all every every one will go into Pat's account. Everyone, right? At the, at the end of the day, when we start the event, uh, I, 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 our objective is to have one hundred and eighty-eight thousand dollars up for grabs. So what? Uh, that leads me to the next question. We're a thousand-dollar entry, which last year started off at a thousand. Then said, well, we're going to drop it to 750. Let me explain this to you, Mark. Here's why. If people would just look at the breakdown, the prize fund breakdown, okay, that answers everything you need to know. For 250 more dollars and at 128, when first place is 40 and second's 20 and third is 10. 
and it goes down wonderfully. And when you pay 38% of the field back, 33 through 48, getting back 2,000, not just the entry, uh, it, that's a that's a very good thing because of the 128 players, at least 100 feel they're going to be in the money, if not win. And that's a good thing. And when you come in 33 through 48, again, much higher than anybody else on this planet, you're getting back 2,000, which helps with the entry and flight, room, and food. And that's instead of making 50,000 first or 60, 40,000 first, which is 10 more than last year, is terrific. And that's enough money. But the prize fund breakdown is phenomenally wonderful. And for that reason, and for that reason, I mean, really, uh, with the caliber of play, is two hundred and fifty dollars more going to going to uh, determine if uh, a world class player is going to come or not? Well, I, I don't. I think not. I don't think that's going to phase them at all. So uh, this, let, let me let me ask this. Go ahead. It builds to a hundred and eighty eight thousand dollar purse. That's okay. it with a pole field, right? And, and listen, if. If we went back to the good old days where it was open to anyone and we had 250 players paying a nickel, okay, that's one thing. Uh, now, with this format of 128, it's, um, as Jay Helford said, scheduling is perfect the first five days. There's six rounds, three during the day, three at night. And then the final day, you have the final four players playing one, three, and seven. It's a beautiful thing. And then you don't have two o'clock in the morning matches. And it's one day less. <laughs> so right. I'm I'm just saying um, um, uh, I, I was reluctant to go to 128 uh, last year, but I, uh, I'm convinced now that's that's the ticket. I mean, let's face it, this event is tougher to win than, than, and I'm not slighting the world championships at all. God bless them. The U.S. Open is the toughest tournament on the planet to win. Agree. Um, let me play devil's advocate with you for a second. Uh, so, you know, I'm thinking of the WPA sanctioning. And it's going to be, what, tier two? Is that right? Yeah. yeah. In okay. other words, we worked all this out with, um, when I say we, I cannot thank uh, Ian Anderson and particularly Skip Nemechek, um, who is tweeting fiber. Everyone knows Skip. He's the life of the party. He's our USA WPA rep who who fought hard for me, and I I, I love this man. And um, people should should shake his hand. Uh, everybody, he'll be here, of course. Uh, everybody should shake his hand and thank him because um, he he really went to bat. And uh, of course, I had to brainstorm a way of continuing the event. And again, as Jay Alfred said, 
Pat Fleming saved the U.S. Open, and you know I'm I'm I, I, I'm, I am uh, tickled pink, and you know um, I I didn't want to take a year off or throw in the towel, regardless of my ups and downs. You know I that's not me. And let me ask you. Let me ask you a question. I want to go. I want to play devil's advocate with you just a, for a minute. Mm-hmm. And you, you've got to play along with me on this. Okay. Um, July twenty third, you're going to have seventy five thousand, and you're going to give it to Pat Fleming. Now, if for some reason, as we all know, things happen. Okay. One thing can happen, another thing can happen. Something could happen. Whereas you don't have that seventy-five thousand, so in my opinion, there's two things that can happen. Um, one is you guys got to talk to the WPA and say we don't have the seventy-five thousand. Can you give us an extra month to get the seventy-five? We're at fifty. Or the WPA can say we'll take you to another tier of. Um, uh, let me let me stop you there, Mark. Uh, without going into detail. It's already been arranged, okay? That's all I want to say about that. Uh, uh, It's already been arranged uh, for the added money to be securely secured uh, well before the 23rd of July. Okay, so so then it doesn't matter. You know for a fact it's going to be there. With, it doesn't matter how many ticket sales and, sold. And, it doesn't matter the sponsorship, nothing. You know it's going to be that. People can uh, criticize me as the biggest bullshitter in the world. Okay. And many of them sit at home and have nothing else better to do than to bash me. And But, again, you know, um, I understand um, uh, some of their logic. But they don't have a clue on what it takes to put on an event like this and, and a person that's never, ever quit. And, you know... Um, uh, I appreciate you, Barry. I appreciate you. You you come on on this show and you face the music. You know, I don't... I, you know, I, I love the U.S. Open. I, I wanted to continue. I'm, I'm a supporter of the U.S. Open. But I appreciate that you come on, and I, I don't sugarcoat the questions, and you know that, and you're willing to answer the, the questions that are out there. That are, you know, maybe devil's advocate questions, maybe some more legitimate questions. Well, but I, we, we never, appreciate I, that. Mar- hey, Mark, um, I'm not running away from anybody. I, right. I, I've never been like that, ever. And um, I have uh, faced the music. Uh, so many times, I, 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 I'm not praising myself at all, but I can't think of one human that would have put up with a bunch of BS from critics that have no clue, and all they want to do is sit home and play on their computer, and they don't know jack about what it takes to put on an event of this magnitude. Well, you know, my 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 answer to that, give it a whirl. See how you like it. But uh, I do it for the passion of the game. I, I certainly I don't. Uh, there's, no, there's no financial rewards, and, and that makes me wonder why I even continue. And the only answer I can come up with 
is my love and passion for the game of pool and the U.S. Open that I found it from dust in 1976 with 16 players to where it is today. And it's not ego. It's passion, and it's uh, uh, so many people depend on me every year to come forth, no matter what, no matter what. Sponsors, players, vendors, fans, the greatest fans I have, that they count on me, and, uh, whether I've been, uh, both of my legs have been amputated. If that were the case, it wouldn't matter. They count on me to come through. And I'm still healthy for a guy that's going to be 69 in a couple of weeks. And um, I'm blessed to be healthy with all the, um, um, uh, you know, things that have gone on in my life. Um, I've been I've been clean from substance since '02, and I had to. Uh, I've been reading the forms, and I'm I'm going to reply to every one of them this year because people that say uh, BS things about me, I'm not going to let them get away with it. They can say all they want, but the characters that want to say ridiculous and idiotic things, well, I'm going to fire back at them. Like, I have two or three cocktails only, uh, only at work the whole day I'm here at night and at the event. So if people think I'm running around shit-faced, well, uh, forget about that. I don't, I don't drink at home. I'll have uh, two to three total at work when I'm at work Monday through Friday. And uh, so I'm not uh, falling all over the place at the U.S. Open. And, and some fool had something to say about that, you know. And some fool, some fool had to say, had the balls to, to uh, say something about my uh, Alana Springsteen, who just moved to Nashville to be the next Taylor Swift that had to bash her for singing the national anthem, uh, as he said, for 15 minutes. This person cannot tell time. He don't know what day of the week it is. And I would like, um, and believe me, I'm not trying to start a fight. I don't want to mess my face up. Uh, but this person is a complete fool to... Uh, I'd like to go uh, back and look at uh, who said that. I, this, I, I fool, but this person uh, is a is unpatriotic and probably a lonely, miserable soul that my girl, Alana Springsteen, uh, takes uh, a few minutes to sing our national anthem. It's a tradition like no other. It's the U.S. Open. And with this fool said, 15 minutes, well... Obviously, he can't tell time. So whoever this cat is, he's a fool. And anybody that wants to write uh, uh, terrible things about me, well, uh, you know, go right ahead. But I'm, I'm, I will fire back this year. I'm not just going to take it, forget about it. I, I, you know, I could have said, screw it. I don't want to do it anymore. Uh, or at least this year, but I couldn't do it. And a, a lot of people have given me a lot of kudos, and I'm thanking them as well as 
be retards who have things to say about my singer, about me being uh, drunk and it retarded uh, uh, when I have two or three. That's it. I, I really don't have time to enjoy myself and kick back and have a drink or two. I don't. You've got to, you've got to remember that if you're uh, out there in the public eye, the pool world's eye, I mean, I'm not trying to uh, compare you with uh, Brad Pitt or anybody else, but they get their fair share of hate mail as well. You know, if you're out there and you're a, a, a figure in the pool world, everybody's going to get it. So, you know, uh, you get it's the people who love you and the people who hate you. And, you know, you just got to deal with that on your own terms, however yeah, you but, uh, yeah, feel but, like you want to deal with it. Yeah, but Mark, like this morning, I spent an hour going over the six pages and uh, I thanked a lot of people and the ones that are really fools that have no idea what they're talking about. And you, you can read between the lines and tell who these lonely, miserable people are um, that uh, want to knock uh, uh, the singing of the national anthem at the U.S. Open. I, I just pray they stay home. They don't need to be here. Uh, I prefer if they just wouldn't come, and I'm okay with that. But I do want to assure my VIP loyal ticket holders they're not going to have a problem. They're not going to have a problem, and if they think they're ha when they get here, um, I'll, and they're and they're not happy, which is not going to happen. But if, hypothetically, if it does, I'll give them their money back, and if they stayed a night or two, I'll give them that back too. But they need to let me know right away that they can't wait till the end of the week and say, "Hey, uh, Barry, I wasn't happy all week," and expect to get. Um, Okay, guys, I'm sorry about that. This uh, We got somehow got disconnected. Uh, you still there, Barry? Yeah, and by the way, Pat just emailed me and said he's at the airport in Orlando. Yeah, I was trying to get him on uh, for an interview as well. And, uh, I think maybe and Mike Helton was trying as well. But um, just to conclude, um, some good news. Uh, with the U.S. Open, which I think you stopped doing this for two or three years, you'll correct me, I'm sure. Um, past U.S. Open champions will be not paying an entry fee. Uh, yes, every five years, um, starting with the 25th, then the 30th, then the 35th. It is a pleasure and a moment to remember if you're a fan of the game, which you are or you wouldn't be here, I proudly parade one by one in order my U.S. Open champions, our U.S. Open champions. And the only thing that I'm asking is, rightfully so, for every player to wear their green jacket before they play each match. And for that, every five years, um, uh, it's 75000 added, and they get a free entry. Yeah, so, 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 okay, so I'm just making sure I was clear on it. 
you're not doing it on a yearly basis. It's just no, every five no. years, one the fifth year, everybody's going to get uh, the past U.S. Open champions are going to uh, active get players and uh, active players that are still playing. There's of the 23 total U.S. Open men's champions, and I'm only doing the men this year. Where four years ago I included the women past champions. But that's when we had an open field. So it'll be men only. There's uh, 15 approximately active, give or take one, um, of the 23 individual U.S. Open champions. So, yes, besides Shane Van Boning, I always pay for the year before his uh, room and his entry. I'm also going to take care of the uh, all-pass active champions entry fees this year. They get a free entry, but they have to wear the green jacket uh, proudly. And why wouldn't they uh, before each match? That's all I'm asking. I don't care if they don't change their underwear. I, I want them to wear their green jackets, okay, and be a U.S. Open champion, and that's all I'm asking. Right. Well, you, I, I'm trying to think who the past U.S. Open champions are because there's a few years now. I mean, he was unbelievable for the longest time. Nick Varno had won. It was the only person who'd won the U.S. Open back-to-back. And it took you know, 20 years, my man. Yeah, and then all of a sudden, the Mika, was it Mika did it? Then, Wait a uh, three, uh, Wait a minute. Mika, Darren, and Shane back-to-back, 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 but Shane did one more. Right. It isn't that it took twenty years. Listen, listen, Shane can four pack. How you like them apples? I know I you see, I thought nobody's gonna nobody has a real chance because it's such a tough contest, such a, a tough tournament. Nobody's got a chance of catching up with Earl. But I'm starting to think, hey, Darren could do it and Shane could do it. Mika. Well, Mika could, Mika could do it as well, I guess. Yeah, I mean, Mika, uh, Mika, look, I remember Steve Miserak, may he rest in peace, um, told me many years ago a pool player peaks uh, after the age of 40 if their vision, their nerves, and their health is, is good and the passion they still have to practice the game. And Shane's 31. He has four titles. Nobody has four titles. Nobody. Okay, Mike Siegel has three. He's got four? Four, sir. 07 and the last three years. That's right. And you ready? He has never lost those four years. He has never lost a match. Now, how you like that? He he he, he is um, whatever uh, 40, forty and O. He's never lost a match in the four years that he's won. And uh, uh, Shane has a a great great opportunity to four pack. He told me personally that's his main goal this entire year. Because now he's got the same number as Earl. And I'm telling you, I I, I, I do believe he can four-pack. 
I mean, I know he can four-pack. Uh, you know? That'd be, that's a, just a feat. Well, going back to Varda, Mika, Darren, and you know, Shane, even, even though he'd already won one, just two in a row, to me, is... Is tough as hell. I mean, that's almost impossible. What are the odds? What, are, what kind of odds are you going to get, the bookmaker, on that happening? Hey, uh, just like, listen, um, you know, um, uh, again, it took 20 years. And, you know, it's just uh, remarkable what happened with, uh, with Mika and Darren. Uh, and Mika, one year... Uh, of the two in a row, he lost. It, it, it was the second year that he won in a row. He lost his second match, and he had to win 14 matches in a row to win, and he did. Now, my God, that, that's insane. But honestly, uh, um, Shane Van Boning is just as solid a person in all aspects of life that you would ever want to meet um, 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 and, a, and a true gentleman first class all the way and I, I love that kid I love that kid and who wouldn't who wouldn't so yeah. uh, well. uh, can you imagine four packing I mean like you know nobody will ever 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 in a hundred years will ever three feet. It just won't happen. And and those of us who compare golf and pool, we've all agreed what Shane did surpasses the Tiger Slam. Tiger won four majors in a row, not in the same year, but Shane winning three in a row and our minds comparing the two sports. Uh, is way surpassing what Woods did in one year. In one year. Right. And that's, you know, uh, now we could be all wrong, but I don't believe we are. Think about it. Three years, not a, not a year, and all these players he had to beat. My God. And, and you know, his second... His first match last year, Rob Sayers had him down 10-7. Rob had him down 10-7. And then uh, something happened, and then it was Hill-Hill, and then something else happened, and and Shane went on to win. And that says a lot about Rob, too. He can win the U.S. Open. There's so many guys that can win this thing, especially... Since now it's 128, Mark. Oh, that is beautiful. And I, I am sorry for those who just wanted to play. I've got, um, I, I've got, I've got a tricky question for you. The because uh, we we started off with, with this talking about the green jackets and the free entry. Um, I believe, and I could be wrong. I can't remember who told me this. Uh, but Corey Duell, I believe, uh, lost his green jacket somewhere. Yeah, I know the I know the whole story. Uh, Corey Duell. So he he's going to come to the U.S. Open. He doesn't have his green jacket. 
Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Yeah, yes, he will. Um, Corey's going to have to do his homework. Corey Dool, um, yeah, we get along for the most part very well. You know, he can be a turd, and so can I. But he has his green jacket and some dry cleaners in some state in America, and he can't remember which one. All right, so he travels a lot. So for uh, $125 at the most, my guy here who made all the others, if all he has to do is to pick up the phone and call, and he, I've already given him the number numerous times, so he's got to get off his ass. Call my local guy and say, hello, I'm Corey Dool, a 2001 U.S. Open champion, and I need another green jacket. It'll cost him a buck and a quarter. Okay. Yeah. Or anybody else, for that matter, if they don't have their green jackets, I'm, I'm ashamed of them. And uh, most of them bring them to the event, and they wear them on occasion. Well, this is the 40th anniversary, and I want to see them all, all active players wear their green jackets proudly. Um, I do a lot of things in the same tradition as Augusta National. And a part of that is green jackets, low pricing on food, beverage, everything. Um, I, I, I don't gouge my fans. I haven't raised ticket prices in 25 years. That's probably one of the reasons um, of being short. But it, you know, people don't people don't thank you for that. Not not one person says, "God bless you, Barry. You ridiculous fool. You should raise the prices to watch." <laughs> Instead, they would rather uh, uh, bash my singer or say retarded things about me. And you know, um, you're gonna get yourself into trouble saying retarded. You know. You, you know probably shouldn't say that. Uh, you know why I'm not? You know why I'm not? Because I'm, re I'm retarded, too. Okay. Okay. I'm just, I'm just letting you know so that you can, you know, hey. you don't get no, hammered. Do you remember, you made a comment about uh, Jewish people one time and got hammered for it, too. So I, I'm just looking out for you, man. Look, Mark, look, I'm not trying to start a fight, but when people bash, say things that are retarded, and I have done many, many, many of those, okay, believe me, it, it, I know I've done a lot of retarded things in my life, all right, so, you, you, you know, uh, what can I say, people that say ridiculous things about my singer, a wonderful girl, and other things that, uh, the way it comes out of their mouth, uh, like me being uh, shit-faced uh, day and night, uh, they're retarded to say that because it's not true. And um, I have too much work to do. Uh, this year, though, I may have more fun. I I'm going to try to have more fun because this last Open was a nightmare for me. The best part of last year was the players 
having a little a boxing contest, and Shane winning was the best beginning and ending of any U.S. Open ever, ever. And but everything in between was retarded by me. It was terrible, and I'm gonna make up. I'm gonna make up for it this year. Can we good? Well, I hope so. It's the 40th anniversary. Um, we said we were going to try and keep this short and sweet, but I knew we had more chance of falling pregnant than we did of us two getting on the phone. Well, I don't know about getting pregnant, pal, but listen, uh, I did. I enjoyed this conversation, and all I'm asking is uh, for all those who say positive things and negative things or other things, uh, just ask yourself first. How many retarded people in the world would continue doing what I've been doing for 40 years, okay? And then then maybe they will be a little more polite rather than to be in other ways um, um, saying things they're saying. And uh, that's a sad thing. Uh, let them take a whirl at 40 years of of, of something you you're yeah well I, I, I agree with you I agree with you it's tough to, to to do what you've done and keep it going for 40 years I I just uh, I hope and pray that this year goes absolutely perfect um, Pat Fleming sounds like uh, from what I could gather Jay Helford is um uh, looking to be back involved. I don't know where that discussion went. We got Pat Fleming handling the money. We got you handling everything else. There's no reason why it shouldn't be a good event. And I look forward to it. And I thank you for coming on and giving us your opinion and facing the music, even though sometimes the things I ask you are not always uh, the easiest questions to answer. Mark, again, I, I, I thank you for everything that you do. And I've lived my life for 54 years with these seven words. Winners never quit and quitters never win. And that's who I am. Uh, like me or not, I'm not an effing quitter. I am not an effing quitter. All right? And uh, I, uh, most everybody else would have thrown the towel in by now. Uh, so, uh, uh, as far as Gump would say, that's all I have to say about that right now. <laughs> all right. Well, thank you for your time, Barry. God bless you. Thank you for what you do. And let's uh, move on. I'm sure we'll talk again sometime this year, uh, depending on what occurs and uh, as we lead up to the 40th anniversary of the U.S. Open. And God bless Pat Fleming. I, 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 I'm telling you, I'm so thankful to have Pat by my side uh, for 33 consecutive years. When he was uh, inducted into the Hall of Fame seven years ago, I was there. I was in Charlotte during the BCA. The first words out of his mouth was, Thank you, Barry Berman, for embracing me with one camera in 1982, and I still have chills.
chills, goosebumps, and a good way remembering what Pat had to say. And let's all just have a great U.S. Open, and uh, I'll make sure all the seating seating is 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 absolutely perfect. Awesome. Well, we we all look forward to it. It's uh, looks like blue skies are ahead. So, Barry, thank you very much for your time. Uh, I appreciate it, and we will uh, we'll be talking again real soon. Mark, thank you for your time again and all that you do for our sport. Oh, I I I'm I'm minimal in the game, but I I appreciate the the, the kind words. You, you, you certainly deserve it. All right, now I'm going to go back and do some more work at work. And uh, thank you, Marky Mark. And uh, uh, I, I just hope uh, that, uh, uh, lastly, that, you know, I, I hope some critics will just, you know, give me the benefit of the doubt for one reason. One reason. I didn't quit. I didn't quit. So... You know, I, I, I'm I'm still alive and above ground, uh, and I, you know, most everybody else would have said, "Screw this! I don't want to lose forty or fifty thousand and then do it again." So, you know, I'm retarded too, but I'm passionate about the game of pool and all that it entails. Thank you very much, Mr. Mark. Thank you very much. Yeah. You got it. I'll speak to you soon. Thank you, Mark. Bye-bye now. Thank you. Bye. That's it for this week's Legends and Champions report. It was supposed to be a quick one, but, uh, you know, as usual, you know, sometimes it's not that easy to, when there's a lot to be said. And I should probably do one of those disclaimers that the views expressed in this program were not necessarily those of Mark Cantrell. Legends and Champions Report or American Billiard Radio. So, um, thank you all for listening. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you did get some information from it. And uh, we will speak to you next week. That's all for now. Union Man. Union Man. Union Man. I'm a Union Man.